Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, the RR Show, the best show on the internet. And today we're going a little bit wider than last time. We're going for r slash entitled people. So grab your tea and grab your popcorn and let us see what we've got today. With our first story today from Moonstone Night. Lady says I look like a slut. And my supervisor said... Okay, so the other day at my job, a museum, I was on welcoming team duty. Basically, we welcome people at the entrance and check tickets, answer general questions, and give directions. I was there with two colleagues. Little detail that's important later, we have radios and headsets to communicate with one another and our supervisors when we have to share important information like, okay, there's a man with a service dog, papers are in order. Usually with that one, we gush over how cute the doggo is over the radio. So that day I was welcoming visitors when this woman walks in. I go to welcome her and ask to see if she already has her ticket to scan it. I say hi in my overly chirpy customer service voice as I approach and ask for the ticket. She doesn't say hi to me, she just stops and gives me this once over look and stares at me very intently. She stares at my face and says to me, seriously? You work in a museum and you come here looking like a slut? She was referring to my makeup. I have a uniform, but it's really dark and dull and I look more goth than Wednesday Adams. We can't dye our hair, but there's no rules about makeup. So I tend to do very colorful, bright makeup with glitter and shiny eyeliner because I like color. It was the first time anyone said anything negative about my makeup style. I kind of froze. Because sure, sometimes people complain about stuff, but... To have someone walk in and the first thing they say is a personal insult? That's a first. So I tell her that no one at the museum ever objected. If anything, people love my crazy makeup and they even give me challenges like finding a way to combine odd colors and make it look cool. And that there's no rule about makeup whilst looking at my two colleagues for backup. They were standing by and listening to the exchange. I see one of them with their hand on the microphone ready to ask for help. Gosh, I love them. The lady continues. It doesn't matter. You should know better. You work for a prestigious institution than to come here looking like some slutty drag queen. Gosh, you millennials. Not even my generation, but whatever, lady. Have absolutely no class or respect whatsoever. I want to see a responsible. This is unacceptable. So I get a hold of the microphone and ask for a supervisor to come down to the entrance right away because someone wants to speak with them. One of them says they're on their way, but asks what's going on, and I answer honestly, Uh, there's a lady here who said I look like a slut and that I shouldn't come to work looking like that. There's a second of silence, and they ask if the woman really said that to me. My co-workers talk into the radio, and they say that indeed, that is exactly what she said. What my supervisor asked me to do then, I think I will remember forever. They tell me to remove my headset and hold the radio to the woman's face, which I do. Then, through the radio, they tell the rude lady, Our museum does not tolerate rude, insulting, or threatening behavior towards our employees. Leave now, or the next person you shall speak to will be the head of security. Her face went completely white. Just complete shock. She did end up speaking with security and was escorted out, swearing she would sue us into non-existence. Just her face when she heard the message through the radio. That scene will live in my brain forever.
Our next story is from No Chrysler For Me. My entitled brother likes to steal my beer. So I bought the worst tasting beer I could find and left it out for him to take. Not long ago, I posted about how my brother went out of his way to follow me when I tried to go camping alone. Him and that crazy vehicle he calls the Mini Ram that he made by cutting up a minivan and adding all sorts of mods to it. My brother's stolen beer from me before on previous camping trips. He and his friends always drink too much and never buy enough. And when he followed me to my camping spot with his own camper a couple of weeks prior, he tried to steal a six-pack from my fridge and acted like a big baby when I made him give it back. So I thought up this little gem of an idea. But it was no easy feat as my brother will drink just about any beer so long as it gets him drunk. To try and find a beer that was truly nasty, I started asking around and buying different brands. After a couple of weeks, I hit pay dirt. I won't say the brand name of beer, but it was bad. There was so much hop to the flavor that it made me shudder every time I took a swig. I could barely finish one bottle without puking because it made me gag so much. So this stuff was perfect. Also, I know some people really like that kind of overly hoppy beer. I'm not trying to offend, but to me, it was just horrid. I started openly talking about going camping again in my favorite area and getting my friends to join in. My brother easily got wind of this and decided he wanted to go camping too. He showed up with his mini ram and camper about two hours after I'd gotten to the campsite. Only this time, he didn't try and park next to me and instead went to the next spot about 100 yards further down the road. My friends and I partied it up in our own way, played music, danced like idiots around the fire, played stupid games, all the usual, and knowing my brother, he and his friend would run out of beer at some point and try to mooch off us because they have no concept of drinking in moderation. They didn't bother us on the Friday night, but on Saturday night, around 1 or 2 a.m., my brother hobbled over asking for beer. We all just ignored him like he wasn't there, which made him get an attitude. One of my friends brought his big cooler and was keeping all our good beer and food in it, and we kept the cooler near us or locked it in my truck at all times. Inside my camper, I left two full six-packs of that horrible beer in the mini-fridge. My brother just grabbed them and walked away. He acted like he was being sneaky, but seeing a drunk man act like he was invisible was hilarious. About half an hour later, my brother came hobbling back and looking sick. He started demanding to know what was in the beer I bought. I started asking him what he meant because I didn't give him any beer. He looked flustered for a moment and then finally just said he took some beer from my camper. I asked if it was the beer that I'd bought and he said yes. I laughed and said that stuff was crap and he could have it. I even pulled out another six-pack that was minus the one I drank when I tested the beer and tried to hand it to him. He looked like he wanted to throw up at the sight of it and left. Then, just to be extra petty, my friends and I snuck over to his campsite after a while and left the remaining six-pack on top of his cooler. He and his friends were all wasted and actually still drinking the nasty beers I tricked them into stealing. And their faces, it all showed how bad it was. Every time one of them took a swig, it was followed by RBF. But they were so drunk that they probably wouldn't even notice there was more of that same beer. My friends and I watched from nearby as they kept drinking and making sour faces. 
My brother eventually puked on himself and then ran into the river to get the vomit off of him. He threw up some more in the water. It wasn't a pretty sight, even though we could barely see in the dark. We could still hear him. He repeatedly threw up with his face in the water and made loud gurgle noises, then cursed my name over and over again. That's when we finally had enough of watching him. I didn't see my brother or his two friends again until well into the afternoon. They were all badly hungover, and despite how much they drank, they couldn't forget that nasty beer they had the night before, especially since the bottles were littered all over the ground. My brother actually demanded, I apologize! And I just laughed and said, you actually want me to apologize to you for stealing beer from me? And then we all started laughing at them. He left humiliated and we didn't interact again. I drove home before he did this time, and he's not spoken about what happened to our parents, and I've heard nothing from mutual friends. I guess this time he wants to keep his humiliation a secret. I think next time I'll get some beer spiked with laxatives to leave for him. That could be funny. Oh, imagine that, being spiked with laxatives but on a camping trip and you just have to sort of deal with it in the woods and pray to God that you brought enough bog roll. Horrifying. <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky. Our next story is from Honeybee XYZ. Entitled woman tries and fails to take my job. This is a long story and it started quite a few years ago. So I'm an instructor at a small college. I teach artsy vocational classes and only have an MFA and my school really favors more academic PhDs. This was all told to me when I was hired. But the dean at the time was incredibly kind about this and gave me a secret boost in pay to make up for the lack of favor. She told me that even though I would never be promoted, my area of expertise was valued, and as long as I stayed in my lane, I was very welcome. So before I ever got tenure, I worked for a few years and developed a slate of very popular classes that filled every semester. Titles mean nothing to me and I was just happy to be successful at a job I loved that helped people. I also learned very quickly never to step on the toes of more senior faculty. I stayed in my lane. Then a woman was hired in another subgroup of my department. I never met her, nor was I involved in her hiring. 
she had nothing to do with me, but she does have a PhD. Then, before I ever met her, I saw on her social media that she announced that she would soon be teaching all my classes, and she was delighted to be doing that. I was shocked because I went through a rigorous hiring process, and I am exceptionally qualified to teach in my area. She has no publications in my area, and her degrees are only vaguely related to my area. I figured my chair would put her in her place, but I was wrong. Instead, I was called into the chair's office and told EW is very interested in what you do and wants to help you. I stared my chair down. EW has a degree in X and she was hired to do Y. That doesn't have anything to do with me. The chair sighs. Her degree is multidisciplinary and she is more than qualified. This shocked me because it was way out of protocol. There was a pecking order, one that I had followed. I also realized very quickly that if I gave in, I would have no job. I would be shunted off to teach stuff I wasn't qualified to teach. This gave me the courage to resist. And resist I did. Multiple meetings with my chair followed in which I was painted to be difficult and unsupportive. Honestly, if the woman had had one shred of business teaching in my area, I probably would have succumbed to the pressure. But she was not qualified either by degree, experience or publications. And that made me mad. Meanwhile, an older colleague who had been terrible to me and made me cry a few times pulled me aside one day. Apparently, she had grown to respect that I wasn't letting the chair bully me. She told me to never verbalize permission for EW to take over any of my classes. Apparently, the rules of the school were and are that I was the one who decided who could sub for me or take over for me. I held firm. I was bullied over and over again. One time, my chair very nearly physically threatened me and said, why can't you just say it? Chair had no idea I had been tipped off why I needed to say it. I was told by another colleague that EW is bored with her area and doesn't like what she's got a degree in, and she only did that area because it's easier to get hired. I said her life choices weren't my problem and stood firm. My chair threatened not to support my tenure, but I actually had a bulletproof application. Chair could do nothing. Shunned by many colleagues, some of whom I thought were friends, I was called angry and unreasonable on a good day and a bitch on the worst. One day, the sweet, dear lady who had been responsible for hiring EW actually cried an apology, saying she was sickened by what was happening to me. EW had been their last choice and the only person they could get. This sweet, lovely woman wailed that EW was obnoxious and terrible. She also said that many people in the department supported me but were scared of the chair. She said I should just keep resisting. At least twice I was at school events and when I told the person, both times high up administrators, what I did and taught, they said, oh, I thought EW did that and I had to correct them. So I got tenure and I stood firm. Meanwhile, a former student who was now teaching at a community college nearby told me EW was teaching there. He provided me with her bio from their website. Her listed credentials were my credentials. Luckily, that didn't last long. She didn't have the expertise, so I guess the gig just fizzled. One thing I never did was meet with EW. I was asked to so we could hash things out, and I said repeatedly that there was nothing to hash. I was happy in my job and my job wasn't her job. 
I was always polite and professional if I had to deal with her, but I always avoided any potential traps. They wanted my verbal permission. I wouldn't give it. Finally, the chair stepped down. The next chair initially sided with the majority because he didn't know me very well. But then he got to know me and was fair. Eventually, EW stopped trying to do my job. She pushed away into another area and now she steers clear of mine. It really did take about 10 years to wear her down. So there was no real dramatic ending. I just held firm and eventually EW gave up. The reason I'm sharing is recently another colleague told me that he always thought EW and Chair were having an affair and this is why everything happened. Maybe I'm naive, but the thought never crossed my mind. Plus, EW is actually not attractive at all, so I couldn't picture it. Anyway, over the years, whenever EW has done anything terrible or stupid, my colleagues will always share it with me. Still, I actually have a little ill will left for her. I won most of the battles and the war, and that's good enough. I still love my job and my students, and I'm glad I fought for it. They say academia is Game of Thrones without the beheadings. Fair, I think. Our next story was posted by Jeep Hammer. You want it all. For free. About 10 years ago, I had a metalworking project with 2.5 inch stainless steel tubing. And when it was done, I had several feet left. Made a walkway guardrail and some other stuff, including some large garden arches with plant shelves for my wife. The wife posts them on Facebook, and random woman shows up wanting to borrow one for a wedding arch. We don't know her. She saw the picture and contacted my wife about them, and my wife told her they were too big to move around, but she showed up anyway. First, it's borrow, and I tell her they are too large for a pickup truck, and being stainless steel, they're quite heavy. Took a forklift to put them in place, and they are anchored to the ground. She says she can get someone to pick one up, then wants me to get a forklift to load it. No. I have to cut it loose from its anchor and then re-weld it when she gets back. And I never intended to move it. I have to move large landscaping stone blocks just to get to it. She's not having it. She must have that arch or it will ruin her baby's wedding. Then she wants me to paint it white. The point of stainless steel is you don't have to paint it. Ever. And it's a pain in the ass to sand prep prime and paint polished stainless. And afterwards, the stainless will need sanding, scratches polished out again, which I'm not about to do, so hard no. Begging, tears, accusations of permanently damaging her daughter, screaming. My wife tells her she can have one made. It will cost about $4,400 and have it painted someplace else. But she doesn't want to pay for the arch. We're supposed to lend it to her for free. Crazy Lady goes dark for about two weeks, then I get a call from my wife. Crazy Lady is in the driveway with other people, a pickup truck, which the arch won't fit into, and the county sheriff. She's holding a receipt for the arches, both of them, with a sale price of $200, which was obviously home printed. No business name, no business, nor home address, no signatures, and is expecting the deputy sheriff to enforce. Deputy Sheriff lives about two miles up the road, and I've known him for 30 years. Her family and or friends are all arguing aggressively with my wife. The deputy's in between, and Crazy Lady is screaming. 
I told the deputy what had gone on. Then he talked to my wife while I held the entitled nut jobs off. And the deputy finally kicked them off the property with the help of two more deputies he had to call in for backup. I can't tell you how the wedding went, but it wasn't under my wife's arches. Nope, I am not moving 4,000 pounds of stone block tearing up my yard, getting a cutting torch to cut the arches loose, getting a fork truck from my shop out to my home and back again and reversing the process to <gasps> lend the arches to anyone. As a side note, she did give ideas to some friends. There have been two sets of wedding pictures under the arches, but the arches stayed right where I put them and no crazy mumzillas involved. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being with us on this amazing episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget, if you want more, well, there isn't any more, but you can check out our other show, The Lantern Archives. It is absolutely incredible, and there's a new video coming very shortly, so check that out on YouTube. Thanks once again, everybody. Peace out. I'll see you in the next one. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.